All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. And SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbart. We have a great episode today, a great guest on with us today. Before we get into that, though, I want to sort of explain the intent of the podcast. Kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we're here to work out our trials, our tribulations, our hardships in such a way that we can begin to uncover God's plan and purpose for our lives. Because truth is, guys, we all have stuff. We all have junk. And you may be thinking, why me, though? Why do I need to listen to Scar? And it's just that. We all have stuff that can accumulate, right? And it can accumulate in our minds and in our life, and it can build up in such a way that it even changes the trajectory of our lives. And so that's what we want for SCAR is to be an outlet to share our wins, to share our hardships, to share our losses in such a way that we can uncover God's plan through it all and redirect and and help get our paths back on track. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce my awesome guest, Mr. Ben Eden. Say hello, Ben. Hello, everybody. All right, Ben. So we are so excited to have you on here. Ben uh, Eden is a speaker as well, and he has kind of uh, traveled all over the place just speaking. He's a master at unlocking the power of thought found within. Uh, Basically, we all have dreams and and desires inside of us. And so Ben kind of helps us pull that out. Explain that a little more, Ben. Sure. So how we all have dreams inside of us and how we're going to get it out. So I'm going to start with a story, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. It's a story about how you train an elephant. All right. When, When an elephant is young, the trainer puts a metal chain around its ankle and ties that chain to a metal pole in the ground. The elephant, being a young elephant, looks down and says, oh, what's the big deal? And tries to go on with its normal life. But as it tries to do so, it finds that it can't. The metal chain is too strong. And after a day of pulling, he finds that he still hasn't been able to move, and now his ankle is raw. The following day, the trainer comes back and replaces the metal chain with a rope and ties that rope to a wooden stake in the ground. The elephant looks down and says, hey, something's different. He goes to move, but his ankle's still raw. So now he looks down and says, there's something on my ankle. It hurts when I try to move. Therefore, I will not move. Now, the trainer comes back the next day and removes the wooden stake from the ground, but leaves the rope around the elephant's ankle. So if you can visualize this with me, the elephant has a rope tied to its ankle, but the rope is tied to nothing. And now the elephant looks down and says, oh, there's something around my ankle. Mm. It hurts when I try to move. Therefore, I will not move, even though it's tied to nothing. Now, fast forward 10 years to when the elephant's an adult. Mm -hmm. You put a rope around its ankle, and what does it do? It looks down and says, there's something around my ankle. It hurt when I tried to move. Therefore, I will not move. Mm. And we're looking at this big beast and saying, oh, my goodness, you have so much potential. You can fulfill pretty much any dream you want. And there's a rope around your ankle tied to nothing, and you won't move. What's the big deal? To us, it's a rope tied to nothing. But to the elephant, it represents years and years of emotional pain or a limiting belief. So 
looking at it from one perspective, it's a rope tied to nothing, right? But right. in the person, in the elephant's brain, it is so powerful that thought is stopping them from achieving their potential. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it the reverse, there's a quote that I absolutely love. It says, "When you strive for the ideal, the ideal becomes your reality." Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, literally anything we put our mind to, it then becomes possible. We then start to put some energies behind it. If it's in our mind and we speak it, that is the first step of creation. And all of a sudden, we start going down this route of achieving something incredible. Sorry, that was a long answer, but we can get into Man. more details later if you'd like. No, that's, that's <laughs> great. And so uh, let me ask you this, Ben. So, so going around and speaking on this, how, what made you decide that, that, hey, this is your expertise. This is your topic. This is what you want to do in life is help people recognize these dreams and push forward. Why is that important? People naturally want to achieve a potential, right? We're all created in the image of God, like you speak about. Mm -hmm. We all can do amazing things. We were placed here on earth to be a blessing to others. We want to feel good about ourselves. So we want to and are able to do that. The struggle or the barrier that gets in the way is what I call emotional pain, okay? So let's talk about these two sides. If I travel the world and people are living their life and they want to do something great, awesome. I'll, I'll inspire them. I'll say, you can do this. Here's how you can do it. Here's how you train your thoughts to get there because the potential is yours. It's inside of you already. Let's unlock it. One thing that I've found that really stops people from that is what I call emotional pain. Somebody could listen to a seminar and they say, yeah, that's a cool dream. And yeah, so-and-so has done that. And that's cool. Good for them. But here I am knowing that I have done some things that I'm not proud of. I have a history that I'm not proud of. I have scars. How in the world am I supposed to uh, achieve my dream if I have scars? So my, what I felt so strongly about that I left an executive HR position to do this full time is that these people who have these scars can realize that they are not broken that they are not the problem, that they can still do amazing things. If I need to travel the world to do that, I'll I'll do it. (laughs) Right, right. Ben, I I, I absolutely, um, I love that. And and I firmly stand on that, that there are so many people that do not know the potential, the power, and what lies with inside of them. And, And that could come from many different facets, many different forms. It could be from lack of education, uh, it can be from a poverty mindset. This could be from generational sin. Um, this could be from a, a, a drug addiction. So many different things can stop us from really feeling this um, uh, power within and this emotional pain. Uh, do you have any examples or or anything of uh, of maybe maybe how you've seen this this emotional pain? Uh, hold someone back and and what was the first step in beginning to unlock that absolutely um i will give you a personal experience how's that that's perfect and again here's why i feel it's so important yes i have done i've been lucky to do some amazing things with my life um i've been blessed and with a lot of talents so a lot of things that i try to do I'm pretty good at, which is, you know, great. Yeah. But at the same time, underneath all of that, 
A lot of times I felt unfulfilled. I felt hollow. I, okay, so what? I achieved that. But now what? So this started when I was nine or 10 years old. This is where my story of emotional pain comes from on my scar. When I was nine or 10 years old, I was in elementary school. We just finished PE, our gym class. And we were playing dodgeball. Now, like I said, I've been blessed to be talented, a lot of things. So finishing dodgeball, I had played a good game. I was beginning to discover my talents and my friends were starting to notice that I was good at sports. So I'm like, hey, this is great. My friends are caring. I want to look good in front of my friends. Awesome. As we left class that day, my friends were laughing hysterically about something. So, of course, wanting to be involved, I said, hey, guys, what's so funny? They turned to me and said, raise your arms. And so I did. And they laughed even harder. And I looked down and I realized that I had extremely sweaty armpits. Mm. Now you might think, what's the big deal? You just played dodgeball, bro. Of course you're going to be sweaty. (laughs) But here I was, a nine or 10-year-old kid, not knowing exactly how the body works. And I must have been sweating a whole lot more than others because otherwise, why would my friends laugh at me about it? Sure. Now, how did I react that day? I felt embarrassed, ashamed. When my friends looked at me, laughed, and said, Ew, that's gross. Ew, that's disgusting. What did I hear? I heard, You are gross. Yes. You are disgusting. We don't want to be with you. Mm. That scarred me that day. You might think, Ah, it was just a rope around your ankle. What's the big deal? But it turns out I have what's called hyperhidrosis, it's excessive underarm sweat. So I've had to deal with that my entire life. When I go to uh, game nights, parties, events, whatever, yeah, it's part of me. So I've learned to want to hide it, hide that part of me. Mm. How I learned to cope with this emotional pain from years ago is exactly what I was saying. I would create a facade of success. If Ben, or if somebody is going to think of Ben, they're going to think, wow, Ben is so successful he's so good at sports he was an executive he's he's this that and the other so that and i I felt comfortable in that because it protected me from them discovering something about me a close friend of mine even told me once he's like she's like ben you keep people at arm's length and i'm like well that is so true because i don't want them to discover something about me that i don't control and that i'm not proud of huge because if they did then they wouldn't accept me. They wouldn't like me. They wouldn't love me. This is a basic feeling that a majority of us have or have had at one time in our lives. Oh my goodness. Hopefully a a listener can relate with that. Has there ever been a time where there's just something about you, a limiting belief, a rope around your angle that says, wow, if somebody knew this about me then, this wouldn't work. This wouldn't happen. I couldn't do this. What a limiting belief, right? Yeah. It's valid if it exists, but hey, there's something we can do about it. So in my experience, what did I do? Hmm. Well, a couple of years ago, I was working with a therapist on a number of other things. And I said, I wonder if this story is an emotional pain. I wonder if this is affecting me. I went to my therapist prepared to be defensive because my entire life, 20 years, I had said, if people discover this about me, here's what's happened. Here's what happens. They laugh. I get embarrassed. I hate that feeling. I don't want it to happen. 
I told my therapist my story. And at the end, he said, thank you for telling me. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you're not going to laugh? You're not going to make me embarrassed or anything? No. That was a breakthrough from my mind to say, oh, wait, maybe the expe expectation I have of how people will relate, maybe that isn't the case. Maybe wow. that doesn't have to be true. Then my therapist did something that can help others as well. He helped me rewrite my memories. He said, I want you to go back to your nine or 10 year old self right after this event happened. I want you to take him to a safe place and say, you just went through something very difficult and you have every right to feel the way that you do. But I want you to know that it is over, that you are loved and that you're going to do some amazing things in life. And when I told myself that, I said, baloney, <laughs> there's no way that's true. I don't feel loved. Why would anybody want to love me? Especially because there's this part about me. But as the therapist helped me repeat this exercise a few times, and I experienced the emotions I was trying to hide in a safe place, then my brain saw that there was another possibility. The ghost that used to haunt me, this memory, is now an ancestor that I can appreciate and learn from. Wow. This is a message that I want to share with everybody because, hey, you may not have had the same experience as me, but maybe you've related in the feelings that you've had. Because of this about me, somebody won't accept me. I don't love myself because of this about me. Self-loathing thoughts, shame. And guess what? what? People who have these emotions, they turn to behaviors to try to um, cope with that emotion. If it starts with binge watching a TV show because they don't want to think about their emotions, okay. Um, if it's eating, if it's, um, what is it, shopping, gambling, whatever it is, even if it escalates to drugs, alcohol, pornography, violence, suicide, that kind of stuff is real. And the, the sad part of the world today is when people see people with those behaviors, they define the person based on their behavior. Oh, that's an addict. Oh, that's a person who does bad things. Oh, we don't want to associate with them. But in reality, below all of that behavior, or behind it, I should say, is an emotional pain that needs to be resolved. That person needs to be loved. They're wanting to be accepted. Mm -hmm. So, Dustin, here's the point of all that I do. I realize that that behavior happens. I don't want people to feel bad because I know deep down they already feel bad about themselves. They want to unlock their potential, but what is holding them back is this rope. Of emotional pain. If I can touch somebody's heart and give them the hope that they need to say, even though I participate in this behavior, even though I feel this way about me, I don't have to. I can still turn myself around and do amazing things. So, so we just we just unpacked a whole lot right there, Ben, and one. <laughs> One of the best things that I that I heard you say, and I may be butchering this, but the ghost that used to haunt me is now an ancestor to be shared with everyone. Mm, there you go. Yep. So that right there, let's 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 look at that. So that ghost that 
that haunts. And we all have skeletons in our closet, right? We all have those things. We all have that fear of wanting to be find out or found out that failure that uh, I don't know if I'm good enough in this job because um, uh, I really, you know, don't have the full background for it. Or maybe uh, I don't feel like I'm qualified to do it. Uh, so let me overcompensate because I don't want to be found out. And there's or there's uh, so many things going on in relationships and securities uh, don't want to be found out that I used to be this, that, and the other, that I've done this, that, and the other. But you're saying embrace, uh, when you, when you embrace that ghost, that, that thing, what's that thing that was haunting you, that is haunting you your whole life. And you can actually go back and rewrite that. And Mm -hmm. how, how does one do that? Let's say if it's something maybe a little more sinister, maybe it's something, uh, uh, something a little more, um, you know, maybe they were deeply wounded physically, emotionally, or spiritually by a very close loved one, uh, something, something like that. Um, how does someone go back and, and rewrite that? And, and what does that look like? Sure. Let me give you a few ideas. First of all, there's a phrase that I say that says, as, as you understand and acknowledge your emotions, then you have power over them. The reason ghosts become ghosts and scars are so painful from something in the past on the emotional level is because when it happens, we often don't take the time to experience the emotion that we had. So in your example, if it's, if it's an abuse or something traumatic like that in the past, often it happens. We experience the emotions that we don't quite understand. And we have nobody to talk to about it. So now we have to live with it. All of a sudden, that energy is unresolved. It's still in your body. And you go days, months, years not resolving that emotion. It becomes a scar. It becomes definitive. It defines you. And all of a sudden, you're ashamed of it. Why? Because it happened years ago and you still feel that pain. Mm. Now you feel like you can't relate to people. You feel like you're different. And you don't like that feeling. Neither. See how the spiral goes? It's like, man, I hate the feelings. I hate how I'm feeling now. I hate that I feel this way. I hate myself, right? Right. Then we turn to those behaviors. How do we fix that then? Well, using the phrase that my therapist helped me with, go back to that time and say this, you experienced something very difficult and you have every right to feel the the way that you do. We need our emotions to be validated. It's so difficult and not helpful when we doubt our own feelings guess what our feelings are real and they're trying to tell us something so instead of ignore them just try to understand them. then what else my therapist told me to say is it is over it is over mm. okay in my experience yeah hyperhidrosis that's still with me today but the traumatic experience of my youth is over i don't need to let it come with me through life so you're saying that addiction, you're saying that something like addiction may still be with you, but the experience that sparked it or the thing that happened to introduce you to that lifestyle is over. And so mm-hmm. that that is how we can begin to mend the broken pieces, whether it's hydrosis, like you're talking about hyperhidrosis, whether it's 
uh, addiction, whether it's molestation, whatever that is, uh, unless you're in the midst of it right now, um, that's a whole separate, um, that's a whole separate uh, category right there. But, but that ghost that haunts you from that thing is over. Right. Now let's talk about addictions then. Say, say somebody listening is still in the midst of addiction and they say, sure, Ben, that doesn't apply to me because that was 20 years ago. I'm in it now. Well, here's what I've discovered. Your body has learned, this is something neurological, okay? Neuroscience, all that fancy cool stuff. When your brain experiences pain, it doesn't like it. So it tries to numb it or relieve it. With the emotional pain, it doesn't like it. So to numb or relieve, what does it do? It turns to something, some sort of behavior. If watching TV for eight hours a day is going to numb it, great. The brain's going to say, absolutely, go do that. Um, if it's going to turn to drugs, alcohol, pornography, some sort of addiction, the reason the brain does that is not because of what the addiction gives. It's because of what it replaces. Right. Okay. Now, when somebody understands that, then they stop thinking, Oh my goodness, I just can't get away from this addiction. I know better. I should be better. I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. All those self-loathing feelings that come from that addiction. I'm telling you how empowering it is to say, even though I participated in that addiction yesterday, I don't have to. Mm. Will it be hard? Maybe. Will it be easy? Probably not. But is it possible? Absolutely. Here's another thing about thoughts, my friends. If you wake up in the morning and you say, I am not going to um, participate in my addiction, whatever you want to call it, right? I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to look, whatever it is. The fact that you are focusing on what you don't want is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Now you're going to create an emotion of anxiety. Oh, I don't want to do this. I can't do it. But that anxiety is your brain classifies it as an emotional pain. And it says, oh, when I feel pain, what am I going to do? I'm going to numb it or relieve it. What have I always done? I've done the addiction. Bam. I'm back to the addiction. Right. So instead, we've changed our thoughts. We say, I'm not my addiction. I do this because of my emotion. So what am I going to do instead? Here's an acronym that I like to use, BLAST. Bored, lonely, angry, stressed, or tired. Common emotions that we feel in any point of life. If we have learned that when I'm bored, I don't like it, so my brain turns to my addiction to get rid of the boredom or loneliness, let's say, now that I've trained my mind otherwise, I say, hmm, today, if I'm bored or lonely, because that generally happens at two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever happens, then we can say, what am I going to do instead? I know that my addiction doesn't serve me, so I am going to serve someone else. Oh, there's a good idea. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to pray or I'm going to write my feelings because those are better solutions. And let me tell you, they work. They may sound simple, but they work. No, that, that, that sounds, that sounds fantastic because what I've learned through, uh, life coaching, through, um, through speaking, through ministry, Ben, is that we have a world of knowledge at our fingertips. Okay. So, so we don't necessarily all the time need more knowledge or more amazing revelation. We need application. Just like blast, mm -hmm. just like recognizing that, hey, a lot of us, we, we understand a lot of that, 
But the problem is we're not doing it. We're not implementing it. And we need somebody to tell us what it is that we need to do, even if it's something as simple as, hey, schedule prayer time. Hey, schedule uh, reading time. Hey, schedule this, schedule that. Take some you time. Uh, you're overworking yourself. All of that, um, though it may sound simple, it is huge in its return, but simple in its implication, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. Simple doesn't translate as easy. So getting out of those habits, breaking those, those uh, I guess, chains of bondage, whatever it is that's holding you back from realizing your dream. Let me ask you something. Statistically, uh, not, you know, you probably don't have numbers, but statistically, like, like what are, how common is it to have these, uh, this emotional pain, whether it's insecurity, whether it's uh, what, whatever, um, inside of a human, is that something that that is found more common in in other areas or situations, or is this statistically like across the board something we all deal with? Oh goodness, that is a powerful question. This. Is and I'm going to get a little bit. I'm going to talk about God and the devil real quick. Is that okay? Okay. All right. So yeah, depend, regardless of whatever people believe, there's God or a higher power or the devil who's the person who's out to get you, right? Who doesn't want you to succeed? Us being created in the image of God, we believe that we have the potential like He does. Okay. We He wants us to become great. He wants us to become like Him. We, we know that we were born with this potential we can do great things. Okay, so that is part of our definition of who we are. Right. The devil also knows that. So what does he do? He flips it on, it, flips it on its head and says, because you aren't there yet, you're a failure. Because you did something imperfect, you're not perfect. Now you're a failure. You're not good enough. See how he just flips it? Absolutely. The fact that we're not there yet, he says, ooh. Now you're terrible. Now you're never going to get there. So to answer your question, does it apply to everybody? Wow, absolutely. I even had this confirmed to me today about me, okay? I work with a coach of my own. And I was talking to him about some things that I was going through. And it turns out that I still sometimes have the limiting belief that I am not good enough. And it's it's just another paradox. I have a personality of growth. I love to do new things, great things, just to grow and succeed. And in the shadow of that, or on the other hand, it says, I know I can do better, therefore I'm not good enough. So yes, this applies to so many people. And and yet at the same time, we all think it's just us, don't we? (laughs) Right, absolutely. In the heat of the moment, nobody's ever been through this but me. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do I do, Ben? Like, like, okay, I recognize, let's say I'm, I'm sitting at that point. I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of like, okay, you may have me convinced that there's greatness inside of me, but still you may not, you don't understand what I've been through, what I'm going through. Like, like what is my next step for, for realizing and, and recognizing the power within me? And, and before uh, we even get to that question, what is that power? within you what what is it that you're trying to pull out and then what needs to be their next step that are saying okay ben i hear you now now how do i go there good this is great so remind me for the second part of that question that it's going to have to do with using your body okay yeah so the first part 
We're going to return to the power idea. I use it as an acronym, PWR for power. I'll tell you again what it is, and then we'll get to your um, question. P is for pray. Why? If you are experiencing addiction right now, or if you have something in the past that still haunts you, something today, we're not talking theory, we're talking reality. What's happening to you today? How do you feel? You need to talk about it to somebody. You have to get it out. Okay, quick example. I have lots of examples. If you have a piece of wood in your finger, a splinter or a sliver, whatever you call it, the only way to heal from that is to remove it from your finger. Yes. You can't just think about it. You can't just say, oh, I'll just wait three weeks and hope it falls out. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You have to remove it from your finger. Same thing with emotions. You have to remove it from your brain because if it sticks in there, it's going to fester, just like that piece of wood would. Right. So praying, you're talking to a higher power, a master healer who knows you better than you do and can help you heal. He just wants you to, to take it out and give it to him. If you're not to that point of being able to pray or talk to God about it, then you talk to somebody, whether it's a trusted friend, a parent, a therapist, a coach, somebody in a safe environment who won't judge you, they can just let your thoughts get out. That is so powerful because you're removing the piece of wood, the metaphorical piece of wood from your brain. Okay. Second, you're right. It's the same principle. People say, hey, keep a journal. It's not just to document what you did yesterday. (laughs) It's to heal or give your brain room to heal. Your body is designed to heal. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. You just have to to write it out and get those feelings out. Then the third is R, or reach out. Mm. I'm telling you, this is one of the most powerful things. Why? When we experience addiction or we have a scar from the past, it's natural to want to isolate. We don't want to be with others because we don't feel like we relate with others. We feel feelings of shame. So therefore, we don't want people to find that out. All sorts of things. The antidote for isolation is connection. You reach out. You reach out to trusted friends. Go ahead. So so in that, um, you, you know, pray if we're not there yet. I love just just talk to someone. I love how you, what you've done there with the power concept. So so it, it encompasses all people. So if you're sitting there and you're like, OK, well, uh, I'm, I'm just not on that level with God. I'm just I'm not even good enough for that. Or, or even if you have a feeling of there is no God. You need to be talking to someone. And so I, I love that. And write. This is so hard for somebody um, that doesn't like to write. Now, I'm one of those. Yes, I have uh, written, of course. Uh, I've written a book and, 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 and I do write and, and, and stuff like that. But as far as journal keeping and things like that, this is something that's hard for me. Whereas my wife is really good at, at journaling and, and, and telling their feelings and and all of that stuff. And so um, I, I do know the power in it, though. I know the sitting down with a journal and just blotting your emotions for the day is a great way uh, of just keeping track of, of where you are. Now, the reaching out, I want to I touch on this. I want to ask you, who do I need to be reaching out to? Because I want to be careful with this, Ben, because there are people who may be listening that may not have um, that wise grandmother, that wise grandpa that will give them 
the the tailgate talk. You know, you sit out on the tailgate with a straw in your mouth and talk about the the keys to life. You know, um, so those people that have maybe never talked to anybody with even a college degree in their life, maybe those people who have just been around uh, a lifestyle of bad decisions, who should they be reaching out to right now? That's a great question. So here, uh, let me give you my example, and maybe it'll help answer that. Reaching out doesn't always have to be to somebody who fully understands or who will be respectful to you. Now, that would be the ideal for sure, and we'll get there eventually. But the act of reaching out gets you outside of yourself. With me, when I was participating in behaviors that I was not proud of, in an attempt to hide my unresolved emotions, I saw people differently. I saw them as, well, I'm different. I would never relate, yada, yada. But once I started to realize that, oh, the reason I participate in these behaviors is because of these emotions. Now that I understand and acknowledge these emotions, I realize that I'm not my behavior. I'm not my addiction. I'm not broken. When I reach out to these people, I see them differently. I see them as fellow children of God fellow human beings. Mm. If my family isn't a conducive environment to talk to, then that's okay right now. Okay. If you don't have an extended family member, that's okay. You find somebody to reach out and make their day better. The fact that you do that gives you and your body power over the addictive behavior or the temptation you're experiencing. Let me be even more specific. If somebody is struggling with drugs, alcohol, pornography, some sort of addiction like that, and you are in the heat of the moment tempted beyond belief to look or to drink or to participate, reaching out is so powerful. Even if it's just sending a text message to somebody, if you haven't spoken to them for a while, if you call them, it's not, oh, what am I going to say? It's not, oh, I have to tell them everything that I'm going through. I'm not quite comfortable with that. Just reaching out to say, how are you doing? How's your day? That is enough. Gosh, that reaching out will work. That's so powerful, man. That is that is so powerful at just opening yourself up to love people, to to speak to people, to uh, man. That that is that is a level of empowerment all in itself. Just mm-hmm. being willing to reach out to someone else whether it's the the greatest. Uh, so basically what I'm hearing is you don't have to have all the tools together working in perfect unity to make a difference in your life. 100%. So, uh, so as, as somebody's moving forward and, and they are, okay, they, they now have the fact that they're, they're, they're praying. Um, they are, they are writing, they're journaling. Um, they, they, they are reaching out, they're doing these things. They are doing the power concept. Um, what kind of, what kind of things should they be looking for? What triggers in their life should they, cause, cause we all, I mean, honestly, Ben, we all want to see improvement. We all want to see traction. We all want to see develop in development in our lives. Um, what can I look at? to be what can be my lens for traction rather than this isn't working. Hmm. I like that. Here's another principle of 
controlling your thoughts so you can unlock your potential. This is great. Mm -hmm. The principle of where your focus is and celebrating success rather than counting failures. Mm. Here's an example. Okay, I I talk to a lot of people who have experienced uh, you know experienced pornography. If they're trying to solve that, if they don't want to participate in that destructive behavior anymore because they know they know how it feels, it doesn't help. Yada yada. Then the better way is to keep track of how you're doing. If you're using power, if you're having power over what you're doing, then you look back at your last week and you say, of seven days, I used to look at pornography every day, seven out of seven. Okay. This week, because I'm empowered over, uh, to, to make decisions and not participate, this last week, hmm, I looked six out of seven days. Okay. Well, you could say, oh my gosh, I'm still doing six out of seven days. That's terrible. Or you could say, Hey, it used to be seven. Now it's six. I have made progress. Yeah. Right. That is huge. And I'm telling you, your brain doesn't realize a win if you don't count it as such. Let me say that one more time or a different way. If you don't count it as a win, your brain doesn't see it as such. So you have to say it was seven. It's now six. I am improving. Great. This week it's going to be five and so on until it's gone. Ben, that is that is huge, man, and and that's simple in itself, but still such a big token, like uh, 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 such a deep meaning. Like if your brain doesn't recognize it as a win, as a victory, then 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 your brain won't recognize it as such. And so uh, those things alone, when you're willing to say, "Hey, uh, this right here was a win," when you're willing to say, "Okay, I know I haven't reached perfection." But man, look at how far God has brought me or look how far I've come. Even though it's just one day, uh, I'm going to see a victory, man. That's a win. And so Mm -hmm. that is a level of empowerment to help you rise up and maybe next week make it two days or a day and a half or something, Mm -hmm. you, you know, and wow, look at the strides. You're not asking for perfection, um, immediately because you recognize Rome wasn't built in a day. And we mm-hmm. know that, and, and and it wasn't destroyed in a night either. So so that's so uh, that's so huge, and I absolutely love um, that principle. And I always like to say it as this: you know, people want to spend their their time looking back. So many people want to look back, and I hear people say all the time, "This happened to me. That happened to me. Uh, going through this, going through that. All of these different things, man." And, uh, and for me, I even, I even put it, um, in my book, I said, I want to use, uh, traction, let, let traction be your rear view mirror for success. So in, instead of looking in that rear view mirror and seeing behind you, look at the traction, look what's ahead of you, look at the ground you've covered right? Uh, in the process as your rear view mirror. So, so without looking back, look at how far you're going forward. Does that make sense? Exactly. And, and so, so now, um, that, that we, I think we start to uncover a little bit of momentum. I think that's the next kind of, kind of power word there that I want to uncover is, is momentum. And how can we use that momentum 
to our advantage and sort of and sort of break out of um, that that mindset or break out of that poverty stricken area how can i how can i use momentum to my advantage sure i'll give you two examples first finishing the power when you win a battle if you have six out of seven instead of seven out of seven you celebrate it not only with yourself but with somebody so using power you can celebrate with god you can celebrate it in your journal and you can reach out and celebrate with somebody if you're not ready to tell them why you're celebrating, just reach out to them and you're so happy. Eventually, they'll become your support group. Why? Because they're like, man, this guy's always so happy. What's the deal? <laughs> yeah. That creates a support group that helps you with your momentum. <clears throat> Second, an example. I, uh, when I bought my house, the basement was unfinished. I had a feeling that I should finish the basement. And after a time, I felt that I needed to finish it quickly. I wasn't exactly sure why. Man, finishing a basement is a lot of work, okay? I'm not a very handy guy. <laughs> I don't build. I don't do that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and yeah, I felt I should do it. Each day after I got home from a full-time job, I would have to work in my basement. So how did I do that? I just knew that I had to work in it every day, even if it was for 10 minutes. Yes. The principle that you shared of Rome wasn't built in a day. Here's another one that I love. Any brick house that you look at, how was that built? Brick by brick. Yes. We look at the house and we say, oh, I don't have a beautiful house like that. That's okay. What brick can you lay today? Mm. What brick can you lay tomorrow? What brick did you lay last week? And after a while, you'll turn around and you'll see that you have four walls up. Mm -hmm. If you just keep doing brick by brick, focusing on what you want rather than what you don't, if you go through the day saying, I'm not going to look, I don't want to look, oh, I'm tempted, but I'm not going to look, that's the spiral to get you into bad behavior. But if instead you say, I'm going to have power over my choices, I'm going to have power over my life, when those temptations come, you say, what I want instead. I'm going to pray, I'm going to write, I'm going to read. Why? Because I have momentum. I didn't lose yesterday. I'm not going to lose today. I am going to succeed because I have power over my life. You know, I can't, I can't speak to... Um that that knowledge and growth mindset any clearer than than what you've done today i just i i also love i love to read i love to listen to podcasts uh such as this such as uh, uh yours ben uh actually has a podcast of itself it's called it's called champions of self mm -hmm. uh and so um i, I encourage all of our listeners uh, to be to be listening to podcasts, to be tuning in, and just just keep a constant level of of growth at the forefront of of your day. So I, I encourage each and everybody to use this power concept, prayer, uh, writing, and reaching out because I, I really love that, and I'm writing that down myself. And remember, the ghost that used to haunt you is now an ancestor to be shared with everyone. The Bible mm -hmm. tells us that there is power in your testimony. People need to hear this. 
There are people who are like you. There are people who are in your situations that have been where you have been and that you can relate to, that you can meet and that you can help that I'll never get the chance to meet, that Ben will never get the chance to meet. So it's so powerful that that you take these tools and you take this learning mindset and you imply it into your environment to help bring others up and also to glorify God. And so, Ben, right before we uh, kind of check out, right before we move on, uh, is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners before we bring it to a close? And then I'll give you a chance to kind of tell where, where people can learn more about you. Sure. Couple one-liners. Um, you may have heard that let your mess become your message. Hmm. Let your mess become your message. Or you can let your shame become your story. I'm telling you, when you share your story with others and become vulnerable, it gives them permission to live and share their own story. We can relate. Another one that I love, people look at knights in shining armor and they think, oh, that's perfect. And that, that makes them think somebody with dented armor, oh, I don't want to be that because that's terrible. But here's the fact of the matter. Somebody with dented armor it's has been through it and survived. Man, that's good. I like that. And yeah, just like you're saying, these listeners today, yes, you've gone through some hard times and what you have felt and are feeling is valid. Yes. But guess what? Tell yourself that it is over. Here's one other thing that I wanted to end with. Using your body. I know you can't see me, but if you could, you'd see that I'm standing up straight with my shoulders back. You can pound on your chest. You can look up, keep your chin up, and you can scream and say, it is over. It is enough. I don't have to deal with those feelings anymore. Even as I'm feeling it right now, I'm feeling so excited. I'm feeling any negative part of my day. I'm not even tired anymore. And I was tired this morning, okay? (laughs) This is so powerful. If you use your body, as Tony Robbins says, it changes your physiology. As you do so, those negative emotions cannot stay. They have to leave. That's what you can do right now. You can have power over what you do using your body, and you don't have to be ashamed of your past, but you can look forward to an amazing future because you have that potential. Ben, I can't thank you enough. This has been an unloading of, of theology, man, that I think we should be living by and and that, that will push us forward. Listen, I know you have uh, an, an 11 o'clock for you, so I want to be respectful of your time. Can you close us out with with just letting us know where – um, we can find out more about you. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm kind of all over the place with social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook under Ben Eden Speaks. I'm on YouTube as well under that same name. That's where you'll find the podcast Champions of Self. Um, what's my other one? My fi- private Facebook group called Champions of Self. If you'd like to learn more about what we've talked about today, you're welcome to join that group. And beyond that, like what we've talked about, please reach out. If something today uh, touched you and if you'd like to learn more. One more thing, um, we will be. I will be joining with Ben and uh, uh, Bobby Berg, July 11th, for um, a summit that we're titling the Courageous Self Summit. And so this is going to be a free, uh, a, a free summit, packed with lots of life-giving principles and and powerful motivation. So, uh, Ben, if you'll just hang on for just a minute. 
As for my listeners, be on the lookout for information regarding the Courageous Self Summit. Be sure to link up with Ben Eden and follow him and stay up with what he's doing and what he has going on. And I will see you in the next couple of days.